This is Erdrich Highwind from Night's Watch, and you're listening to the Shattered Order podcast. This podcast is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest you use it. What a piece of junk! This is the Shattered Order podcast. Oh, switch off! If you're looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting, you found the podcast you're looking for. With your hosts, Goodnight Punk. Sixty-third episode of the Shattered Order podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me, as always, is my good friend Wink. But as you may notice on your screen, and for those listening on the audio podcast, I will explain to you what's happening. We currently have a horse and Boba Fett with us. But if, <laughs> if they were to remove those masks, it would be other Shattered Order members. Giggles and Nika forty eight. So, what's up, everybody? How you guys doing? Great. Pretty well. I'm gonna remove this mask now. <laughs> Good guys. Okay, I'm sure your head's uh, getting hot over there. Looks toasty. For those curious and uh, worried about Giggles and uh, Eric, there they uh, did not wear that the entire time that uh, Wink was trying to fix his soundboard. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to all those on the live stream, uh, we are still working out issues with implementing the soundboard and getting all the levels <laughs> right. To everyone on the podcast, you'll never know. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's that. So, how have you guys been doing? Eric? Good. Good. Wonderful. How you been? Been a while since you've been on the podcast with us. It has, but it's good to be back. We're glad you're here, and nice to see you again, Giggles, back in the game. I know the people in our podcast server have been asking where you went. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they should know that uh, my account was not completely inactive while I was gone, but um, it's it's good to be back. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, I'm going to be playing in a less obsessive manner this time, so we'll see what that means. Probably not <laughs> a terrible idea. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah when Unless you figure that out, you can teach me. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, uh, I think Wink wanted to talk about something. Um, I don't know if any of our podcast listeners or anyone in our live stream are Ohio State fans, but I have to gloat a little bit. Boomer Sooner. I'm even wearing an OU shirt this week. Pretty excited. And I'm not sure if you noticed, but... The other day, if you ask Siri who owns Ohio State Stadium, 
She would tell you that Baker Mayfield does, and she would be correct. <laughs> who who codes that? That is a great question. Is it, can it be can it be updated like a Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah, that's actually that's where trolly. that's actually where it comes from is Wikipedia. Someone went on there and put that, and then that. Oh, kinda, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> Damani, my neighbor, is an Ohio State fan, and uh, my phone popped ah, up with a notification that said. He is in our guild, and he does listen, so he'll uh, he'll probably mute for a little bit. But understandable. I got it. I sent him a notification because my phone popped up, and it said Baker Mayfield plants the uh, Oklahoma flag in the <laughs> Ohio State logo in the stadium, and uh, I was like, "Well, how do you feel about this?" He's like, "I turned it off before I even saw it." <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, cool. Yeah. Well. Uh... Yeah, so that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about real quick until we get into Patreon subscribers. Hold on. There's okay. an important thing that we've missed, and okay. that is, what are you drinking? Oh, my God. How can we not discuss <laughs> this? So I am drinking from my Packers Scotch glass this week with Death Star Ice and Scotch, of course. Ah, surprise. What about you? How about you, Giggles? I got my uh, cab here. It's a Black Fox Cellars uh, 2013 Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a little sweeter than most, so um, it's a little unusual in that regard, but it's pretty good. Nice. We got a little bit of everything then, because I am, uh, well, I know Eric's on the same boat as me, I think. What are you drinking? I am uh, Coronado Brewing Company Guava IPA. (laughs) And there you go. I got some uh, apricot Hefeweizen, some beer. So we got a little bit of wine, a little bit of uh, liquor, and a little bit of beer. I'm covering that, all our bases here. so That's why we like it. <laughs> we'll see who yep. gets drunk the fastest. Perfect. <laughs> all right, now you can go ahead. Patreon, what's going on? All right, on? Patreon subscribers. We got another new Patreon subscriber. Uh, shout out to DJ, our newest one. Um, so... We've covered everyone else. If you are a Patreon subscriber and you're not on our Discord channel, get on there because we have something kind of exciting coming this week. Um, what we want to do yeah, for be cool. next week's podcast, because I swear to God, I'm going to get the soundboard fixed. We want yeah, you. This could be a disaster. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> We're going to create a channel in our Discord that's strictly going to be for this. But we're going to have you guys send in audio questions, and we're going to have a Q and A next week on the podcast. And we will actually yeah. we will actually play your question on the podcast, and then we'll go ahead talk about it, answer it, and all that good stuff. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, this might be something that we start doing. We've been trying to figure something out, some sort of Q and A, and we'd still like to do like maybe a live Q and A. Um, you know, with some of our Patreon subscribers at some point, we're trying to get some feedback from everyone, work that out. But yeah, if you're a Patreon subscriber, get on the Discord channel. If you're not already on the Discord channel, uh, hit up me or Goodnight Punk and we can get you into the appropriate channel so that you can post that stuff. And we will be doing that next week. Yes, sir. (sighs) So as far as that goes, thank you for everyone that does this subscribe and thank you to everyone that doesn't and still listens. We appreciate everyone. So 
Uh, if you don't, if you're not a Patreon, one way you can help us out is go on the iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, whatever, Podbean, whatever you use to listen to the show and hit that subscribe button and uh, just help bump those numbers up. And when people search for Star Wars Galaxy of Hero, our name will come up and uh, hopefully we can reach more people. So appreciate yeah. it from you. Now, uh, what do you say we just jump right into things, huh? Well, I think we got a, a lot of news idea. this week. Yeah, we did, didn't we? <laughs> Yes, exactly. So uh, let's let's. There were no updates. There were no hot fixes. There was no uh, uh, sneak peeks on anything that's coming up. But there was, however, something that started on Monday, and that was territory battles, the second one we've had. So let me just ask you guys, how's it going? You think? How are you guys enjoying it the second time around? Go ahead, Eric. Why don't you tell us first? Um, I don't know. I actually, I mean, now that we are somewhat familiar with, um, you know, like how it's presented and, and tackling it and stuff like that, I think we've kind of got now into more of a strategic, um, standpoint where we're trying to be more mindful of, um, making sure people are assigning tunes and platoons first and, you know, combat missions. And then, a lot more diligent about where we're having people deploy, um, trying to maximize the amount of stars. I think the first time was kind of like first time through the gauntlet and just, you know, make it through. Um, we did well. I mean, I, I'm not trying to insinuate we didn't, but this time <laughs> I think we're being a little more mindful. Um, it has kind of slowed down. Um, obviously people are back to work. So, you know, um, there's that aspect of it, but, um, I definitely feel like this one we're being um, more strategic. I know I said that a couple of times now, but um, <laughs> well, I think one of the ways that that strategy is coming in is I think we didn't really think too much about combat missions and the, just the large amount that you get from them. And uh, when you start sending people in for deployments, thinking about, Hey, maybe we should go with the one that only has one combat mission first, because that one's going to supply less, uh, territory points from that one mission than the one that has two and then go back to this one with two afterwards to kind of mop it up with whatever's left over because of all those extra combat points. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I agree. One of the things that I wanted to just take two seconds to chat about is the different start time. I think like <laughs> holistically speaking, it sounded like a, some, like a, a better idea. Um, but I actually feel that our guild is suffering a little bit for it only because with our European members and then also just the, the time difference between East Coast and West Coast, um, we're kind of getting to the point where by the time everybody's gotten to their combat missions, the people that are on the East Coast or in Europe are either already in bed or want to go to bed. And so then deployment actually is broken by that period of sleep that we all go through. And so then some people are doing it in the morning. I think for the entire guild, it's probably not that stressful, but I think for the officers, it definitely adds, adds a lot of stress. And I agree. See, uh, I'm actually a really big fan of the new start time. Uh, I kind of feel like it gives you an opportunity to not force people to deploy right before they go to bed. It kind of gives you a little bit more of a chance to still organize some things that next morning to finalize those last deployments for. I know typically in our guild, 
um, us officers kind of hold off and wait until a little bit closer time and let everyone finish their battles because a lot of people end up finishing their battles in the morning and things like that. So I've been a big fan of this change. Well, what about when it goes to 12 hours? That's that's kind of my big question if they're going to change the time because I know when, I'm not convinced um, they're going to go to 12 hours. I think 12 hours is too short of a time frame to really allow what all this requires. I think like Cody and a couple of us, um, like I didn't deploy until like one hour before cutoff um, today. So not that it always has to be that way, but just to make sure that somebody was holding back if we had a last minute, you know. So so we don't miss that star in phase two like we did last time? (laughs) Exactly. What do you think of the new, uh, the different time there? Giggles. Uh, I am ambivalent about the different time. I think that'll probably change when I start being a productive member of society again. But, uh, you know, it it doesn't really matter to me. Um, I do want to take the time uh, to mention this. And of course, this is not meant as a slight to anyone uh, of the officers currently here or not currently here. But uh, Deadshot in particular has put in a lot of work in coordinating, in kind of taking lessons learned from the previous uh, territory battle and translating them to this territory battle. And um, again, it's no slight to anyone else, but I, um, he has visibly been, uh, you know, keeping everyone on task. So I think he definitely gets a shout out here um, as far as our ability to remain coordinated and successful. So that's great. Um, as far as this second time around, how I'm finding it versus the first time around, uh, we, we had a little, or you know, I don't know how much you guys care, but I felt a little embarrassed with my uh, combat mission from yesterday that I uh, just completely screwed up. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think territory battles probably isn't the time to experiment with all these different teams, even though Good point. by necessity, you know, you do kind of have to be dynamic and you do have to react to whatever is listed in the platoons. So it's it's a little weird. And honestly, I'm kind of thinking if I should keep my uh, Galactic War open so that I can test with all these weird ass teams like um, <laughs> the, the combat mission in question was um, there was a Hoth rebel scout that was required for it. And the only full team that I had was Phoenix. And my Phoenix is not particularly well geared or anything like that. So I went in with a four Phoenix team and a random Hoth Rebel Scout. That didn't do so well. Um, And if I had my Galactic War up uh, that I could test that out on, I probably would have realized that. But, um, (laughs) you know, as is the case. So anyway, uh, you know, TLDR, I think the platoons are still a little wonky, honestly. Um, And the platoons are probably the most uh, challenging part of it, uh, both from a um, planning perspective as well as the perspective of as you go further into the territory battle, like f- into successive phases, the platooning becomes much more difficult, exponentially more difficult. Well, if we end up with, well, let's say we get to phase five and six and we're having to throw down 10 wedges or, uh, you know, those or 10 uh, pose like we've been having, that's going to be a real testing. You know, 10 uh, seven star lobots. 
Yeah. Well, that'd be even worse. But it, but as, as far as those go, if we if if we had them, at least then they wouldn't be like key components of a combat team that everyone's using. You know what I mean? And that so, and so far we haven't seen much of a change between phases for the different required tunes for the platoon missions. Just the increase in the star requirements, right? Yeah, that's kind of weird. I don't remember phase one being the same as, or phase one and two being the same as phase two and four have been, but I, or sorry, three and four, but three and four seem to be very similar. So maybe it's just an accident, but uh, it's interesting to see how that is going. Yeah. But, yeah. So uh, what I was going to say is, uh, with the new time for me, at least, looking at it from an officer's perspective, it's kind of weird when I wake up or when I'm at work in the middle of the night looking at where we're at on the territory battles because it seems with the pushed back time for the restart that a lot of people will wait until the next morning for their deployments, especially if we haven't put out the orders yet. They don't really, yes. instead of just nagging and asking for what it is, which would be fine if they did, um, some people just don't want to do that and will just wait till the morning. So it turns out... Once the morning hits, it's harder to gauge where we're at and who has deployed and who hasn't. So you don't really know what you have left to deploy. So that's kind of weird yep. for me. It well, seemed like at, in the last one, we could the East Coasters would could possibly be there to deploy in the morning, and all the West Coasters would deploy that night before to make sure they got their stuff in. And it was easier to gauge where you were right before reset, but it's tougher. When you for me in Pacific time with four hours after I wake up before the restart, it's like one going down to the wire, wondering once ten o'clock hits if we're actually going to make it. You know? Yeah, yeah. There was a there's been a lot of feedback. Sorry, Michael. There's been a lot of feedback on the forum about showing who's actually completed a specific combat mission. That would not be like, helpful. Yeah, not like how many phases or waves. Uh, sorry, waves. Somebody's completed, but actually say. All right, Dan and Wink and, you know, Giggles have all done yep. this combat mission. Then you actually see where somebody's struggling or somebody's not able to get to it in time. That would be nice. Yeah, I would like... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I kind of get the idea of what they're doing and the fact that it is kind of a guild thing and you all work together. But yeah, if somebody's falling behind you don't really know how to help them or maybe help them or know who to give advice to or whatever uh one thing i would like to mention though on the um well just like announcements and that sort of thing as far as deployments the announcement we actually just had an announcement not too long ago what we kind of did was we did the math of the number of people that had combat battles left in the south territory and uh, did the math on the points they would give, they completed all six. And we kind of let people go ahead and deploy into that South Territory up until they kind of get close to that mark. And that kind of keeps there from being over-deployment in that territory, if that makes sense. So if all those people go back, complete their combat missions, we would hit three stars there. And then we would be able to deploy everyone else to the north in, you know, tomorrow morning or whatever. And I think that could be really useful uh, if you kind of have an idea of how many stars you should get between a couple territories. You can, you know, go ahead and let 
people start deploying early, if you know you're going to get one of them at three star, you can just kind of mm-hmm. do the math and tell them to stop at a certain point. One of the things that I noticed today is that the amount of um, points that you get for each wave gets substantially larger. So between the five waves, it's not an equal share of whatever the total points are, 372 or 427 divided by five. So actually more people that can complete wave five or wave six has a much larger impact on that particular territory than than I actually had originally thought when I wasn't paying attention the first time I went through it. Yeah, I had a tough time on phase six last time around with my resistance team and with my clones team. I didn't get past five. I died on six. And I don't know if it's because I was just playing it the way every other phase I played it and I just got rolled. But I'm definitely looking to uh, not have that happen this time because that fi- that sixth phase on those combat missions in phase six is it was no, no joke. joke. No, I did well, like four and five and that was barely. Now that mm. you mention it, let's talk about what teams we've kind of been using. Uh, you know, I kind of, we kind of gave an idea of kind of our favorite teams last week. Eric and Giggles, what are y'all using that you found to be pretty effective? You want to go first, Gig? Sure. If you guys look in the notes that uh, for this show, uh, I did put a comment about my favorite team, or more specifically, my my favorite. Um, Dark Horse. You scroll down to the the second page or so, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of people have been joking about this on the Guild Discord, but um, they were saying, you know, first I was I was a diehard clone guy, and now I've moved over to Pal, so I'm gonna make McMole to uh, really happy here. But yeah, <laughs> I, I found uh, Pal to be really useful. Um, so he works both in a uh, CLS-led team because of all the counterattacks. The counterattacks are translated into basic attacks, so that reduces cooldowns. Um, he also works extremely well in a Jin-led team, of course. Uh, even without Zeta, he puts defense down with his sonic grenade, and that just exposes everyone. Um, and with the Jin Zeta, which I don't have yet, uh, the offense up will regenerate protection for your Rogue One. So uh, I think he's really powerful. His basic attack hits like three times or something. So he's he also kind of pulls his own. The only uh, concern I have with him is in phase six, my sort of mixed geared uh, Rogue One team of Jin, Chirrut, Bays, Pow, and I think I was using Cassian. That team just it didn't make it. Um, and Cassian just went down really quick because he's gear level seven or something. But Pow also, he's not that durable. So that's the only thing. He's he's a little bit tougher than Chirrut, but not by much. And he doesn't do as much damage as Chirrut. He doesn't go as fast as Chirrut, or at least the way I modded mine. Uh, but, you know, otherwise, I think he's a fantastic guy for, for that. Um, 
Also, uh, people in the Discord have converted me over to uh, raid Han Solo. He is very good. I had my concerns about him, specifically about the issue of his TM resetting between waves. But it looks like it doesn't matter because if you just load him up with speed, he'll be faster than anyone else there. And his stun is excellent for the elite tombs. Um, I also run a team that I think would bore most people to death, which is uh, Kenobi lead with Barris, Zeta, and Ahsoka. And you can pair anyone with them, but I like to put Anakin and Ayla, Secure. And so I think Barris and General Kenobi is pretty obvious, but Ahsoka also does have a group heal ability in her second ability. So her special, I think if they're, if her target is higher than 50% health, it heals everyone. And if the target is lower than 50% health, the attack does more damage. And so that group heal will also cause all of your Jedi to bum rush that target. So you have three different moves that will call all of your team to assist so it's pretty good um high survivability it's very difficult to die with that team uh the only issue is again when you get to phase six you don't kill particularly quickly so they start loading up on protection up buffs nice that's that's a team that's the one area that i could definitely improve on my light side is the, the jedis i don't have a good jedi team yeah and that's one that could definitely add add in there for me. I mean, I mean as, as far as... Go oh, I was just going to quickly say, as far as Jedi go in territory battles, um, for most phases, as long as you have General Kenobi lead and Barris, not even Zeta, that should be enough to keep them alive. And so you just need to find some uh, either clones who deal a lot of damage, or if you want to play it more safe, you can have Anakin and some other Jedi. One, I mean, kind of with Jedi, if you put a Zeta on either Barris or Qui-Gon, your Jedi can be amazing. I, I mean, I've, I've read quite a few people that are kind of down on how Qui-Gon does in territory battles. I've been really impressed. That's kind of, I use my resistance team, then I have my Commander Luke team, and then I have my Qui-Gon team, and I have no issues using my Jedi at all. Uh they're get, I mean, they get foresight all the time. He's, it, it's fantastic. I've no issue whatsoever with it. Very cool. How about you, Eric? Anything uh, special that we haven't mentioned you've been doing? Um, I don't have anything special, but I do. Um, I do just want to talk a little bit about that. It's forced me to play more mindful or more conservative. Um, not like galaxy war. So like it's more like a war of attrition where I can only use certain resources and certain battles. And as we progress more into the phases, I have to actually be even more diligent about it. So like where I have to use Hoth rebel soldier or Hoth uh, rebel scout, I need to make sure that I have either wedge lead or um, chase with them to make sure that they'll survive. Um, and then obviously I'm a new convert to resistance, um, but, but, <laughs> yes. but any all right, but any uh, any team um, that I play now, like Giggles was saying, um, where I can't just use overwhelming force, meaning like four uh, or five um, 
you know, G11, G12 tunes. I have to be a lot, I have to be a lot more mindful. Um, so I've been using Barris on some teams or I've been breaking up the teams. Um, Dan, you and I were talking about this earlier with, you know, general Kenobi as, as the tank and then some weaker tunes, but then bringing in some, a heavy hitter, like my new, uh, raid Han Zolo or something. So the team, the team makeups I've been using for territory battles are, aside from resistance are way different than anything I use in either raids or galaxy war. And it's just because I need to make sure, cause I don't have an entire maxed out roster. I have a good roster. Um, but now like one last thing, and I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit. I don't know if you're going to talk about what we're working on next, but giggles and I've been talking about like for the benefit of the, the guild, you know, what team do I work on next? And, and, you know, it's Phoenix. Um, and then Rogue One, and even if my, you know, even if I want to work on somebody else, if I want to do better in territory battles, then these are teams that are required further into the phases. I had one point about uh, Kenobi that I wanted to raise. So Kenobi is a fairly decent tank from the perspective of his auto taunt, but um, there are not a lot of enemies that actually crit. Um, frequently so he generally doesn't retaunt at least in my experience so as far as you know his viability as a tank in longer fights i don't really see him taunting a lot so um, if anyone is thinking about using him uh, they should keep that in mind i agree i agree a little tough there i i i haven't seen him taunt a lot myself like you're saying so it gets interesting but yeah, let's see what else. What else for territory battles? Oh, it was nice to see the bump up in our guild from Rolo shards as people started yes. unlocking Han and uh, Hot Han. So we went from two to twenty-seven, I think, this week, and hopefully yeah, yep. we uh, see an even bigger bump in the next one. Well, what's nice, nice? So not next territory battles, but the following territory battles, we will unlock uh, Rolo. So. We were we're so close to actually being able to do it next time if we got everybody, you know. Yeah. And and looking back, that's actually a really good um, jump for us in terms of unlocking content faster because with um, the HAAT raid, um, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I think we were maybe like a month or two months behind like the big whale guilds. And I know... Some of the well guilds unlocked Rolo this raid. Um, I'm sorry, this territory battle, but only being two weeks behind them is awesome. Yeah, not too shabby. I'm happy with it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's such... The thing about territory battles, right, it's all all guild work and getting everyone to work together. Now, I didn't I think it'd be too hard to get our guild to work together because we're all pretty close, but uh, it's a nice accomplishment in my opinion, to see everyone working towards the same goal and getting from two to 27 in in a week and a half, basically. Yeah. So hey, could you, could you imagine not having discord or line or Slack or any of those communication tools, how a guild would even try and coordinate any of this stuff? I mean, we have spreadsheets. People are taking yeah. pictures of tunes that they beat a certain combat mission with. We're just chatting about, Hey, 
uh, you know, Gig, will you put your Poe ship in? Wink, will you put in your Ahsoka ship? Dan, will you put in, you know what I mean, your TIE fighter to just get the platoons done? And it doesn't even show that many chat uh, messages there, so that could disappear real quick. And then the fact that the Gildir is the only one that can set the persistent message, that makes it even tougher. So that guy, like me, would have to be around and even thinking about it. And I can, I know you three can attest to the fact that, oh no, Saturday it'll still say, make sure you only do 24 Galactic War uh, nodes. <laughs> so real, that really needs to change. That would be a good help in that case, for especially for those that don't use Discord or Line or Slack or any of those yeah. things. Another question for you about territory battles. What did you guys use your first territory battle currency on? Start with you, Gig. Uh, so actually, Eric and I were uh, kind of discussing this uh, quite a lot. Um, I eventually spent mine on the uh, dentist tool for Luke Skywalker. <laughs> so um, I figured, you know, he's the main character. He needs good teeth. Um, we need to make <laughs> sure that he's, you know, everything's on the up and up. Um, but I chose that piece of gear uh, after discussing it at length with Eric. Um, and then he, you know, as soon as I'd spent all my currency, I said, hey, Eric, how are you doing on this? And then he proceeded to tell me, yeah, I suggested that you do that, but I wasn't buying it myself. So um, <laughs> we, we got a bait and switch here. Um, hmm. Not sure how to feel about it but. He's a guinea pig he's called yours guinea pig now yeah it's always good to have one of those well we've always been we've always been a little different in terms of our play style like i'm the last one in the guild to zeta someone and the last one in the guild to gear someone up i'm the hoarder um how I much do, currency I, do you have how many credits do you have Actually, only have seventy-two million now. Oh, um, that's like half I, what he had last week. Only. Just so we're clear, I, I spent hundred. <laughs> I spent one hundred and ten million since territory battle started. It's my favorite part of the Jeez. podcast when we have Eric on. Right. <laughs> hey, um, how much of this do you have? Right, but um, no, um, no. Giggles and I talked about it extensively, and like on paper, the the multi the multi tool seems like the best bet for any single tune that you can assign it to. Um, I have a friend in arena. Um, I'll give a shout out to him, uh, Jason or transform. And they were a little bit ahead of us. And so he actually, he assigned it like a day ago gig, a day or two ago. And he said, he can't tell the difference yet. And gig had a really good point that one single piece of gear may not be enough to really see the value of, whatever that stat increases but since gig did the multi-tool i haven't spent anything yet i've been saving i know you guys laugh but um, don't feel bad i haven't spent actually, anything yet either i'm thinking about I'm the laughing. bayonet for, for han zolo actually because from a defensive or protection standpoint you know i i don't see arena battles you know, you can't draw it out anything past five minutes. So if you can do more damage um, faster, then I don't know if that's the way the meta is going to move. But, you know, in all honesty, if you guys, you know, in two, not so not this week, but the week after I should have enough or have completed that, ask me on the, the live stream in the chat here and I'll tell you guys whether it made a difference or not. Maybe it won't. Maybe Giggle will have done one and I'll have done the other, and it, and it won't have made a difference in Arena. Not a noticeable one yet. 
Well, one thing to think about is like with Raid Han, he double taps if you have him zated. He always goes at the beginning, like he's guaranteed to get an attack right off the bat. So he's one of those characters that you're almost guaranteed to get that usage out of if you put gear on him. There aren't a lot of characters where you're guaranteed, you know, an increase in damage output or something along those lines. I mean, his overall usability is pretty high. And so, I mean, definitely like him, General Kenobi, um, really tanks because of the protection they gain. I, I mean, those guys are really I, the, worth taking to 12 and then considering the further gear. Yeah, there are a couple in each category. So as you mentioned, a lot of the tanks, uh, at least the protection they'll get out of it, um, certainly tanks that taunt at the start uh, or tanks that are fast like Poe, although I'm not sure if anyone actually uses Poe in Arena anymore. Um, <laughs> you'll also see it uh, from attackers like uh, Raid Han, uh, ATF, because there is, as far as I know, there's actually no way to prevent her from going other than reducing her TM, but I don't think it's reasonable to expect that someone will spend all of their turns reducing her TM, because then they're ignoring the rest of your team. So she will definitely get an attack too. Um, and then as far as support goes, uh, your fast tunes like R2 will always get a turn. Uh, Barris will always get a turn. Um, but to, to go back uh, a little bit and clarify on something we were talking about with gear, um, what I was mentioning was uh, aside from gear that serves a very specific purpose, you won't actually see a difference in the perspective of you look at Raid Han's attack range, right, in terms of how much damage he does, there is a variance there. You're not going to do the same amount of damage uh, from one attack to the other. And then if you put a piece of gear on him, it's going to raise the number a bit, but are you actually looking at the number or are you looking at the percentage of their life that you're dealing to them? And that is, one, there's built-in variance, and two, the mods that they put on their uh, target could influence that percentage number. So you're not really looking at the numbers. Uh, The types of gear that do make a difference are those thermal detonators that give you six speed. So that more speed is always good. You'll always notice that. Um, uh, Pieces of gear that do very specific things. So for example, uh, potency on Sid, that's a terrible example because nobody actually knows who Sid is. Um, He's a character who gets additional health from his potency. or how about this, Maul, right? So Maul gets potency equal to his health oh. uh, or, or 0.3% of his health or something. So you'll notice that if you stack health, his potency will increase and he'll land that days more often. Uh, similarly, tunes that have special things happen when they crit, you'll notice it if you put crit chance them uh but things like um you know increased offense up uh increased critical damage increased main stat like strength uh agility or tactics i don't really think you'll notice that as much um the main reason to put that gear on those tunes is that over time you'll realize that you're performing better so i chose the toothpick because um (laughs) i use Commander Luke Skywalker everywhere. I use him in Raid. I use him in Galactic War. I use him in Arena. I use him in Territory Battles. I considered putting something on R2 because I also use him in all modes except for uh, Raid. But, you know, I thought R2 is not as much of a game-changing tune as CLS is. CLS can really 
kind of win the day for you. If if you're down um, in arena, he can actually one v two sometimes. Whereas oh, how that, about one v three? Yeah, the R two is not <laughs> going to do that for you. Um, so y- you think about where you're going to get your best bang for your buck in terms of your investment. Um, and then if you're me, you go for that investment. And if you're Eric, you just kind of take that information, put it in your pocket and save it for three months. (laughs) Well, as far as, so we've heard uh, about gear and we've heard about saving like me and Eric are doing. I'm really, let me explain mine after you say uh, yours, Wink. (laughs) What are you, what are you going for, Wink? And then I'll explain why I've saved. Um, okay, so I spent a little bit of gear, I st- or a little bit of currency. I still have like 2500 left. I basically spent mine to help push uh, R2 and Jerome Kenobi to gear 12, and that was mainly for the extra uh, protection that they get. And that, I mean, that's really all I've spent. I really haven't bought anything else. However... Those stupid Yoda shards keep staring at me, and every day when I go to that store, I just I have to restrain myself. See, okay, that's a perfect lead-in to me because I don't put any credence to the things I've heard, and I. So as far as I go, I don't have anyone at Gear Twelve yet, or I don't have any gold characters. <laughs> I just haven't worried about it that much. I'm still finishing top fifty in arena which is my goal every day because of the extra crystals there. I don't usually go very much higher than that because that's pretty much where I sit most of the time without, I don't ever get to fight in that last arena hour because of feeding kids and doing adulting, which is life. Yeah. But, uh, finishing top 50 is only where I want to be and I'm still getting there. So I haven't worried too much about gear, but my thought was you have the, the rumors or people just theory crafting that the next Han or not Han Solo, the next Luke is going to involve the next movie's characters. Right. And everyone thinks, Oh, they put Hermit Yoda in there. He's a character that's kind of hard to get kind of like an R2. If you, you're going to need him seven star to get the next Luke. And in my back of my head, I think to myself, well, I'm not too worried about gear myself. And I kind of want to go. I do like the Hermit Yoda character, for a Jedi team. And so kind of, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm trying to decide whether or not I'm going to go full bore on Yoda or not. And that's why I haven't spent mine. So Uh, so can I actually just mention one thing? So giggles and I have talked about this a lot. And if we average 36 stars uh, or better in territory battles, it will take 14 is it 14 weeks to unlock Hoda? 14 territory battles, yes. But that's yeah, also so not including the uh, currency the that, we ones that we get. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that, there, I, I mean, I have a two-pronged thought on this. One is, um, so the entire time that you're doing that, if Arena is your priority, you're not getting any G12 gear. I've taken all my arena tunes to G12. I benefit of hoarding, by the way. Um, <laughs> and and it, had, it was, it's the only notable difference is just there's a bump in, uh, you know, protection and health. Um, Raid Han definitely benefits from that big time. Um, uh, but in 14 weeks or whatever, 
however many of the top 20 players in your arena that are buying that additional gear, maybe not the multi-tool, but maybe the bayonet, um, they're going to have half that team, I don't know, maybe four or five gear pieces in total um, assigned to random tunes on that team. So the question is, can you still compete against them? What Giggles and I are finding um, based on all our conversations and then just fighting in our separate arenas is that G11 tunes can still beat G12 tunes. I won't say that it hasn't helped me at all because I don't seem to be falling as much. Um, mods obviously still make a difference. The question is, can you afford to not gear up your tunes past G12 to get Hoda? And the last little piece that I'm totally... Um, taking up all the time you're talking. The last little piece that I just want to mention is we didn't have a really long time between the launch of the game and CLS. And I would be really shocked if if Jedi Luke or old Jedi Luke made it into the game in the next six months or a year maybe even. Well, we'll yeah. get into a bit of that here shortly. But... Mm-hmm. I was about to go somewhere and I don't remember where I was going with that. Shit. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Michael. Do you think Hoda, based on the gameplay that we've seen, can really crack the top 20 or the top 10 of Arena? I think it's possible. I mean, I kind of think he might bring Jedi back. It's hard to say. Uh, he's super interesting. So I I don't know. We'll see. Um, but uh, the thing I want to comment on there a second ago. You're talking to faction, and the meta isn't faction-based anymore, right? I have good guys playing with bad guys. Well, no, that's fair, but it's always kind of been that way. I mean, as long as I can remember, I've always kind of ran teams that were a bit blended, except for those, what, two months that I ran Jedi. And there are some synergy teams that are really good that can handle taking over an arena, but... The past couple characters that have come out, Darth Nihilus, Thrawn, Commander Luke, R2, they're so damn good that you're stupid to not stick them all on a team because of how well they work together. Now, again, something we're going to get into shortly. The new movie coming out, I think, is going to have a lot of really popular characters that are going to be really good that's really going to change things. Um, now, I don't think... I don't think Yoda will be, you know, quote, meta-defining, but I think he, I think he will definitely have a spot on teams. He's not going to be Thrawn, but he'll be pretty useful. Um, I want him. Well, I want him. I just don't know if I want to be the... I don't know if I want him more than I want to do well in Arena. That's all. Yeah. Harold, all I well, can say, and the, I've always been this way, if you listen to the podcast, I don't think in terms of Arena. I think in terms of... Raids, I think, in ter- now territory battles and yeah. galactic war. And to me, throwing a Hermit Yoda in a CLS team will make any phase six battle easy. No, yeah. no, but hold on. I agree. Uh, Jig and I had this conversation too, and I love you guys, but that 14 weeks is to unlock, not seven star. Not right. six star. So you can't use him in raids and you can't use him in the later phase of territory battles in the beginning. Well, just like any other. Well, obviously, this is that he's going to take longer than 
a raid reward character, of course. It'll but, be like Raid Han. How long did yeah, that take? Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, the earlier you start, the earlier you're going to get him, right? No, 100%. So, you're right. True. Unless you're saving. Well, so, something yes, else I'd like to touch on real quick about Gear 12 is what is the difference between just getting to gear 12 and then adding the gear in gear 12? Because when people talk about gear 12, we're only talking about getting to gear 12, which is basically uh, minimal 6,000 protection, which is minimal yeah. stat increases. Plus the protection uh, Kenobi gained 11,000 roughly. Um, there are a few characters. I think commander Luke gained seven or eight. It's, I mean, the protection is big because a lot of characters you can run two protection primaries. On Kenobi, I'm actually running four protection primaries currently. And so it gets really important. But that further gear will eventually start to make a difference at some point. I mean, when you're talking about 6,000 health on a character that heals, I mean, you're... you're starting to get to the point where that stuff is going to make a difference. And the way that they've stacked some of those numbers on some of this newer gear, it may even change the way that you want to mod. Uh, yeah. So there are some very specific characters that each additional gear 12, like each additional piece after reaching gear 12 will be extremely important. So, you know, we talked about speed and we talked about crit chance and potency and things like that, but something we did not talk about is general Kenobi. So let's talk about general Kenobi. You face a lot of teams that crit very often in arena. So general Kenobi is going to be taunting very often with a bear stated behind him. He recovers health every time uh, he gets crit. So let's say you throw on an additional 6k health, which is pretty reasonable, right? That's what that's the number we were throwing out. That means every time he's crit, he gets 1k additional health back just from healing. So um, that makes some characters completely unviable in hurting him. I mean, already clones cannot kill him if you know, he he and yep. uh, Barris are uh, gear level twelve, and the clones are not gear level twelve. They they just cannot do it unless you mod them in a very specific way. Um, if you put an additional six K on General Kenobi, I mean, <laughs> you get a lot more characters who crit very often and end up healing him. Um, also, uh, I need to just throw this point in there as a casual in training. Um, with regard to <laughs> Hermit Yoda, uh, if you choose to first unlock Hermit Yoda, then what you're doing is you're giving yourself an additional ladder. So uh, if you're uh, a casual in training like me, then you're trying to reduce the number of ladders that you have. Uh, we already have a Hot Han ladder through Cantina Battles. Uh, Hot Han is unlocking Rolo, which is another ladder, and then Rolo is going to uh, contribute to a mission in the last phase. And so you don't really want to unlock any of these ladders that you don't want to follow down. Um, this is perhaps the difference in thinking that has brought me here versus where I was six months ago where I was throwing a cup into my uh, arena team and, and keeping first place with him. So, you know, you think about if you unlock Hermit Yoda, you need to gear him. You need to give him ability mats. You need to mod him. So 
all these things take time and all these things potentially take crystals. Do you really want to do that? Um, nobody's really convinced that he's going to be that meta-defining character. So it's a lot of investment to make for something that's uncertain. Well, and something yeah. else to think about with Yoda, if you do want Yoda, do not buy his shards. Save the currency because that shop refreshes four times a day. So you're guaranteed at minimum 10 shards per refresh. So 40 shards a day. So just save the currency until you get to a point where you're ready to commit. Even if you know, you're just saving the currency that way you can actually bail out if you want to. That was a, that's what I would say. I'm not spending it. I'm going to save it all. And if I decide to go Yoda, that's the way I'll just dump it all within a few days or however many days it takes to get him. Or from there, if I start missing out of the top 50 where I want to be, then I'll just start going that way and uh, just decide that way and have the currency there to use. I'm, I'm effectively using the Nika strategy here, so <laughs> that's my way with that. Yeah. Dan, why don't we just say that our alts and our sister guild will be Hoda? I will do that. I will get Hoda in, in my alt. You know, you know what? That's, that. uh, that's a good point because that was the whole reason I... This is why my, my alt account suffers, but that is also the reason I made the alt account was to... Farm characters that I didn't want to buy on my main account, and so that might you might be onto something there for sure. Good idea. Well, let's move on from territory battles because uh, I didn't want to spend too much time on it this week because we've talked about it the past two weeks straight. But uh, as with any new content, there's plenty to talk about, and we we rocked that section. So let's move on to something we haven't done for a few weeks now. Something I just wanted to touch on because there wasn't a lot of news this week, but uh, our good friend Cap Gasp had a few posts from Reddit this week I wanted to mention. And someone had talked about difficulty in assault battles. So what their point was, their point was they were making was for someone that doesn't have the characters that assault battles a reward at seven stars yet that some of the later tiers in assault battles are too hard to beat. So they are not able to farm those character shards effectively making assault battles worthless. That was the, the idea behind the post. And uh, Capgas said something that I completely agree with to it, which is basically their idea behind creating the assault battles. But that was that assault battles aren't meant to be H are meant to be a challenge, not a farm event. Not meant to be a primary source of unit shards like a cantina node or shipment. So my question to you is, are you like me? Do you enjoy the challenge more than whatever? I mean, the rewards are great and getting the good things. And when the reward tables are updated, it makes it even better. But when you play these events, are you looking for rewards or are you looking for something that's actually a challenge? Challenge. I mean... This is the basically the only game mode where it's like um, basically a one player mode where there is a real true challenge. I mean, you know, arena, you're fighting against people, territory battles, you're kind of fighting against things, but you're still working together. But I mean, this is strictly about building one team that can complete this specific type of mission and it's tough. I mean, even with gear 11 characters, they can be pretty damn difficult. So, 
I think we need a little bit more um, events or something along those lines that resemble assault battles in that way because I think they're awesome. I like them. I like some more than others. I mean, Palace is a power. Um, a couple of our friends here in the live chat um, were talking about having focus on dark side. I, you know, I was all about Maul and Kylo. Uh, they were my first Zetas. Um, so Palace is a power uh, Sith against the Jedi. I really like this, that theme. Um, so I actually like them a lot as well. I, I like that lately we've been getting to play the two, uh, the two levels twice in a 24 hour period. Cause it resets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be lying. If I didn't care about the rewards at all, especially with this last one. Like I was praying for Krennic or Gar shards or gauntlet shards, because I'm still farming those three. Uh, everything else goes to the shard shop now because we've been playing for so long, but, yeah. um, I do, I do, you know, I am really happy when they come around. I don't like all of the droids fight back one, I think was the Jawa one. I mean, that one wasn't so awesome, but the, the, I, the main ones aren't bad. I like how, how about you, Giggles, before I, I go on that? You know, I wouldn't necessarily say it's challenge. Um, I would say it's more fun. Um, this past um, Empire Assault, I think I failed it three times in a row. Um, and then I finally completed it because I was taking in teams that I thought would be kind of cool to play with, but weren't at all close to, you know, my best geared or my best modded. And ultimately, I think that's that's kind of where this event goes, right? It's challenging up until the point where you can clear it. And then once you can clear it, you might try to farm it, but then you'll realize you're farming for like four shards a small handful of credits and it's really not worth it to think of it as a farm. So yes, it's nice to get a reward, but really it's about the challenge. And then after that, it's about kind of what kind of team could I take in to fight the emperor? I mean, wouldn't it be cool if uh, Phoenix squad got demolished by the emperor, you know, um, which Mm -hmm. happened three times in a row for me. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that kind of stuff is fun. I'm also reading in the chat that some people did not like the Ewok one. Um, I do feel that the events are very difficult to tune. Um, they need to tune the mechanics in such a way where the uh, PVE, so the E element of the PVE, does not get out of control, but at the same time provides you with a challenge. And I think because of the way that Ewoks work, which is kind of like resistance in that they gain a whole bunch of turn meter, they don't do a lot of damage, and then they have no particular mechanic that overpowers the other team when the team gets a turn it it's not supposed to wipe you out otherwise the event is not fun so i thought that event was pretty good from a variety standpoint but perhaps not from a actual mechanic standpoint if that made sense i thought it was cool that you were fighting an atst and then over the phases you were gradually destroying it um but as um, far as like the actual mechanics, I thought it would kind of left wanting. That makes sense. The uh, I will say this: as far as assault battles go, I think the Ewok assault battle is actually my favorite one. And the only reason I say that is because every single time I go into that one, I don't know if I'm going to beat it. Like there's so much variance on whether I'm going to beat it or not. That's what makes it fun for me because 
literally the entire time you're make trying to ensure that someone does not ever get a shot off. And if they do, hoping that it doesn't kill your guy. Now that might be OP. That might be annoying. I think it's fun. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. But on the, on the other part, my other thought on this challenge is that I, for the most part in these assault battles, never beat them the first time because I don't have the team ready to go so far for all the ones that have been introduced. So maybe I'll get like tier one, finish the first time tier one and two, the second. And then uh, to me, it just feels good that first time that you are able to complete it, you know, after, especially after you failed it and we had to wait for it to come back. You know what I mean? If that makes sense to you guys. Yeah. One. Cause I get, uh, let's say the only characters. So, um, Yoda, that one took me four times before I got him seven star only cause I didn't have the characters or I didn't have them geared. Plus he was an yep. absolute jerk the first few times he came around and then uh, Palpatine, I didn't get the first time. So I had to wait for him even after heroic AT came out to make, help us to beat that at that point. So when, so once I finally got him, that was a, a nice big uh, confidence boost. And then to feel the same way about assault battles. So if you have to wait a little while to beat them for some people, that's annoying and they wish they could beat it the first time. And if they can't, they, that drives them crazy. But for me, it uh, adds a sense of accomplishment that I like in the game. If that makes sense. You remember, you, I think I... Go ahead, Michael. Uh, I was say, all you really get from the assault battles is it's basically a fun challenge and the first-time rewards. After that, the rewards are pretty minuscule. Like, it's, yeah, it's not an event that you beat so that you can keep beating it. It's something that you beat the first time so that you can have beat it, beaten it before. Like, that's pretty much it. I um Jan, I forgot actually how awesome the first time completion rewards were. I beat like tier two of this past one of my alt. I think I posted on our Discord just because I forgot how much you actually get. And actually yeah. speaking of, um, since I'm a recent convert to resistance, I actually can't wait for the Ewok resistance against separatist event to come back so I can actually beat tier two this time. Finish that one <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> I beat tier one, but I don't know how many times I've played that stuff <laughs> on auto and, you know, Just hoping to no chance. Give me that man. good RNG. That, it was like my reasonably geared Ewoks and Ray and they suck. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, R2 made the difference for me on that one, but I'm excited to take Finn in there now and yeah, see what right? I can do. I'm pretty psyched. I got this on auto. Well, uh, Capgas had one more post on Reddit this week that I thought might be interesting for some people to know. I'm excited for it simply for the fact that these guys keep popping up in platoon missions and we have three people with them, so it gets annoying. But the someone asked if Paplu, Logre, and Wicket could be added to the Forest Moon Assault Battle reward table since most have the other three Ewoks at 7-star. And Capgas's reply was... Which is Never. what I assumed was when low gray Paplu go into the farmable status, so they go onto the table, they will be added to the reward table for the assault battle. Wicket will only be earnable through indoor escalation heroic battle. So Wicket won't go in there, but Paplu and low gray will. And so far, we've only, in our territory battles, we've only seen Paplu and low gray. So 
Wicket not being in there isn't going to be a huge problem as far as platoons go, but that's a big boost to your farming once those guys go out. Well, not a big boost. I shouldn't say big. It'll be a small boost to that Michael, point. Michael and Dan, when do you guys think that's coming back? Their Wicked event. Where you actually, I don't instead freaking of, know. When you fight the ATST instead of... Not soon enough. When they'll convert it to where you get Wicked shards. Well, the origin, my original thought when they were announced and said that it would be coming back was that when they were farmable again, or when they went would become farmable on the table to everyone, is that when the first that would be when the first event came back. And since I haven't become farmable, I, that hasn't been disproved yet. But I still think that that's going to be like maybe a week after those guys are on the table. So those people that want to spend a bunch of refreshes on those guys. Or know that a terror, that heroic battle is coming back. Will spend those crystals to gear those guys or star those guys up for that heroic battle. I think that's probably when it'll come back. Are uh, they next in the shard shop? They are. They are the last. So it'll be it'll be those two. They'll have Paplu and Low Gray because they won't throw Logo Low. Uh, they won't throw Wicked, Wicked in the shard shop. But I agree. Those two will be in there, and then within like two months, then you'll see the veteran smugglers and. Go from there. We need to talk about them. Uh, yeah, then we'll get there. Eventually, uh, it depends on uh, how much territory battles aid into their time. But uh, right, I, think I just want to be—I be just want to be really, really super quick. Uh, Roundtable. Anybody here in charge up in the farm? Papalu or Logre? Just say your name is fine. Um, as far as I go, I have been sitting on about. 20k and not spending it on anyone not that 20k will really do anything but i just don't every time i think i'm going to use it on this character i uh, i don't and i don't know why what i'm saving it for but the one thing that i've been using that for mostly is a piece of raid gear that uh, a full piece that i need to get someone to the next gear level and i'm impatient for that's what i usually throw it on <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to use it on characters or if I'll use it on gear when I can't seem to find a freaking Nubian disc for the life of me. Yeah, that's your bane of your existence. I've never <laughs> bought gear in the shard shop or in build shipments because I feel or fleet shop, but I feel like the conversion is so bad. I always buy shards, but I did do the panic ATF farm the last day when they announced that she was leaving the shop. All of a sudden, um, I'm undecided on the Ewoks, but. Believe it or not, the veteran smugglers. I probably will spend some charge shop on them. I'm about. I'm at about thirty thousand after having maxed out um, uh, fulcrum that very last day. I wish I had spent more on her now. In retrospect, but I feel like if you watch the video for the veteran smugglers and you saw Chewbacca's special and you didn't get excited, then. You <laughs> probably lost your emotions at some point in your life, and you should probably go check that out. Probably a fair point. Yeah. Agree. Um, all right. Punk, what's next? Oh, oh well, Geek, are you going to do the Ewoks or no? Uh, no, I think that Ewoks are, um, <laughs> I mean, people call them murder bears, right? And and that's kind of how I feel about it, too. Um, now, a little bit of history, n- not to belabor this point, oh. but um, 
I did like Ewoks a lot when they first came out because they were one of the most synergistic teams in the game. Um, since then, they've done a really good job at adding synergy to the various factions. And so I don't quite have the same um, amount of, uh, you know, fuzzy feelings, if I may, <laughs> about oh, them. Um, I love sorry. puns. <laughs> I mean, it had to happen at some point tonight, right? Um, yes. But... But, I mean, they are kind of cool because they are still synergistic. It's just that's a lot more common in the game. And I think that's really something that I was looking for at the start. So that's why I was all about them. Um, no, I'm not going to farm them because uh, as as far as, like, do I enjoy Ewoks in Star Wars? No. No, I think they're kind of silly, actually. I meant I was just talking about the next ladder. Ladder to get Wicked, Wicked to get super rare mods which may just be mm -hmm. gold mods i don't know that's what right. i was asking um, gotcha. i mean if they do say that hey ewoks are the only way to get these mods um first of all i think a lot of people that. are gonna quit um but <laughs> you know no i i don't have any plans to to really go after them hard um unless something is is absolutely locked behind them well the main thing is, if I'm really being honest, that shard shop currency is waiting for the Tuscan Raider team, synergy team, to come out, and uh, oh, then I'll go full bore. That'll be exciting. I'm all about those Tuscan Raiders. I thought ne Night Sisters were next, apparently, since that's the only single tune that I have no shot in getting because she's in Cantina <laughs> Note. If uh, if well, fun fact, not that it'll matter to anyone listening to this, but in our guild. Not one single person has Night Sister Acolyte at seven stars. No, I, she's the only <laughs> tune I don't have unlocked. I need four more shards, but Gar and a thousand others are ahead of her. Well, for everyone listening, Swagaga introduced the new uh, character search for guilds. Yeah. So that with territory battles, you can look for who has what character at what star, what gear level, everything else. And uh, it's. It was fun to play with for a little while, looking through our guild, just seeing who had what rare characters and how many people had them. And there's a pretty good amount of people with random characters at seven star. But it was really funny to me to see that no one, not out of 50 people, no one had Night Sister Acolyte. It's not surprising because she's a cantina farm, but I just thought that was funny. Yeah. So the yeah. problem with going full Tuscan is that um, it doesn't yeah. matter how many Tuscans you have, they're going to be countered by one character, right? Like <laughs> not just ben? Ben not just, just the adults, else. but the women and the children too. So I don't, <laughs> I, I don't see any future in this really. <laughs> That'll be his next rework once they come out. <laughs> Kill all Tuscans in one shot on his AOE. The uh, So I wanted to kind of go into state of Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. So a couple months ago, we were at the point where we were begging for content. And uh, we were just sitting here waiting for any information about territory battles. We knew it was a thing. We knew it was coming. We had no idea what it was. We just wanted it. And it's here. And now that we have it and everything else that's going on in this game. So let me preface this by saying, yesterday completely sucked for me as a player on an alt account and a main account because we had territory battles we had uh the credit heist we had all your dailies we had a raid going on for our guild 
the amount of time when it, that went into that yesterday was crazy for me. Um, and then just being a guild leader slash officer and trying to uh, plan all this stuff, it's just crazy to me. But with that said, what are we thinking like going forward? Because now we've hit the point where we have all this content and we're, we're actually staying quite busy with the things we have. And I, for the most part, I think people are happy to a point with what is there to play at least, at least being busy. Um, but I wanted to ask or think about the things that are coming. So the first thing I, we have mentioned here is the last Jedi. Um, let's talk about this. So, I don't remember when Rogue One characters started coming out. I think it was probably around now when Scarif Rebel Pathfinder was... He was the first one, right? Or was it yeah. Short Trooper? Oh. I think it was Scarif. No. Are you okay. sure? Yeah, he was sure like it wasn't, a monthly login. You sure, you sure it wasn't Shore for the... Um, I think Scarif was a daily login, and then they added Shore into a tournament shortly after. Tournament, yeah. Okay. So the question is, we should be getting around the point now where the Last Jedi stuff starts to be introduced, I think. What do you guys think? Yeah, because isn't the next, the last, the final trailer, aren't we like weeks away or something like that? It's got to be. I mean, the movie's less We're than not four far months out. from now. Less or around that. four months. Yeah. So Getting I'm just close. thinking Getting about what's coming out. up because Phasma, right? So we have Phasma as the login character. And I want to ask you, uh, Giggles and Eric, what we've talked about our thoughts on that. What are your guys' thoughts on that character being randomly being thrown in there as the monthly character? Uh, new events, uh, garbage shoot. <laughs> yeah, I actually think that um, there's going to be a first order event. I don't know how soon it's going to be, but I think it's going to require a full first order team in order to unlock a new tune. I don't think it's going to be Snoke, but I think it's going to be somebody. I think we're probably like a month or two out at least, but I think there's a reason for it. And I don't, the giggles and I are talking about it. I don't think it's a new book that just came out. I, I think there's a, a reason to it because anybody who's been playing since December of 2015, um, which are a lot of us in our guild, um, we have Phasma. And depending on whether you're iOS yeah. or Android, Phasma or Poe, but she was awesome um, in Arena. She was really helpful in Galaxy War. I know there's some people that don't have her that maybe started playing the past year or so, but I think any like long-term player has their maxed. I mean, um, so I think there's a, I think, I think there's something to be read into why she's a login character. Here's the thing about this. Even the smallest things can be read into, right? And we talked about this on the podcast when that stupid update came out that added Ewok Scout to 9B, right? Yeah. We were at that point, I kept making wild guesses as to say, something is coming for Ewoks. And two months later, we had an Ewok rework, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can, it can be nothing or it can mean something. But with the fact that she's a first order 
new trilogy character with the new movie coming out. I think there's got to be something to that. I Here, think, here's why I'm reading. Sorry, Michael, just one quick thought on that. Here's the reason why I think that there's something a little more substantial than just happenstance. With territory, with territory battles, if they were really generous, the, the wagon tune would have been half rebel soldier. And if they weren't, but wanted to pretend they were throwing us a bone, I felt like it would have been Hoth Rebel Scout. Because it would have been really timely with content that is that we're all currently like learning and playing. I think that was what everyone kind of expected. And then they throw out this character, and it's... So, First Order TIE Pilot, he's been a character of the month. Kylo's been a character of the month. Um, I don't think First Order Stormtrooper or Officer have been... Uh, Phasma obviously hasn't been either, but Phasma is probably the easiest one to farm given that she comes from Galactic War. And, I mean, when you're throwing out a character that's that easy to farm, I kind of feel like there has to be something coming. Kind of like what you said, whether it's a, you know, an event where you need all the First Order characters, which I kind of think is what they're hinting at because she is the leader. Um, I mean... Could it be a legendary event where you get another First Order character or maybe to where it's like, uh, you know, the R2 event, you know, where you're using a dark side to, you know, chase after some light side character or whatever. So it's either General Leia or Hux. Is that what you're saying? Those are the two that pop into mind. Also... Um, that new, well, I don't know if it'd be that new engineer girl that's been oh, yeah. shown in the movies hey, or BB-8. She's in the poster, or, Dan. Yeah, true. Well, she's going to be a big, big part in this new movie, supposedly. So how about you, Giggs? Do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, so they, as as you guys said, they don't introduce characters for nothing. I mean, there there is something here. I don't know that there's going to be a rework because, I mean, First Order isn't necessarily meta and they're not necessarily even good for anything, but that's not to say that they're bad. They're not, like, trashed here, right? Like Night Sisters or something. I feel so confident I saying there won't be a First Order rework. We just have exactly. only because they were already exactly. reworked. Right. I thought they and were. I thought they were good with all their zetas. I mean, I have. I don't have them, but. I mean, you have to invest four zetas into it. But I mean, yeah. and for for that, you get something that's not as good as resistance. I mean, it seems a little wonky, but, I mean, it is what it is, right? I, I, I do think that maybe whatever is coming out might be connected to the movie, might be connected to other media that's coming out. People in chat are suggesting the the different books, but. I don't know. I think the most likely thing is probably an event that's leading up to some like in-game marketing for the movie. I, I think from a timing perspective, that's probably the most likely. Well, yeah. I mean, definitely marketing to some extent, but you know, there's it's got to lead to something. Well, let's move on to the next point. I'm kind of curious about this with the introduction of territory battles and what it will mean going forward with territory battles, but it kind of, so it's been a year since the heroic AT tank raid came out. And my question is, have we seen the last raid in the game? 
are territory battles taking over the spot that raids had and are we only going to ever have those two raids or are we going to see more raids in between territory battles what do you guys think i would like i would like to see a raid in territory battles like finishing off with two days of hammering an atat or something along those lines like a mix then yeah. Or what about just where the rewards stay static, but the guild leader can decide whether you do Rancor or HAAT or whatever. We, or maybe, you know, I don't think Rancor would get replaced. Like, why would you replace content that you worked to release? So where you would actually, the guild would say, all right, we want to do Rancor, we want to do Heroic Tank. Rewards will stay consistent between the two. The amount to launch will be the same. Um, you know, and you just kind of decide the content you want to play. Well, let me let me bring up an idea, and I know that Giggles will be able to attest to this, but uh, every game I've ever played with raids, right? At some point in the life cycle of that game, the raid became irrelevant. Now, whether that was because what you got from it you could get better or equivalent things elsewhere or the stuff you got from them was attainable without actually doing the raid. Those raid was, those raids would always go away and people would play them for nostalgia, but they would still, they were, they just became something that was not used anymore. Lower characters would go in there to get that gear easily, but that was the end of it. And later on, all that hard work they put onto that would be reworked to come back up to level after you haven't played for it for like, let's say a year. And then it became fun again because you hadn't played it in so long. My thought process is they need to do, they need to find a way to make these raids irrelevant in a way where you can choose to not do them and put the time investment in other spaces. And in a later time, bring them back if they want to, at a higher difficulty tier, you know what I mean? And the question is, with two raids, it's really hard to do that alternating back and forth. I am really hoping that raids aren't done and they have some kind of new one they introduce, kick out the oldest one, maybe add a fourth one before the first one came back. Does that, how do you feel about that, Giggles? You know what I'm saying? Yes, I I absolutely know what you're talking about. And I don't think that they're going to remove raids from the perspective of there is a guild store, which is separate from a guild defense store. So they already have uh, two separate reward structures, not even to mention um, in TB, everyone gets the same rewards. And then in raids, um, you know, Deadshot gets good rewards no matter where he places. And Eric gets <laughs> bad rewards no matter where he places. So they already right. have a reward structure that they've hard-coded into the game. Um, so I don't think they're going to get rid of raids completely. Um, additionally, raids kind of present a certain type of challenge that TB does not. So TB is... Um, how do you use your entire roster to clear this content, right? And it's kind of hooky in this incarnation where essentially the most challenging part is where do you platoon your guys, right? Um, But um, the raids occupy a different kind of challenge, which is how do you find the gimmick 
to kill the raid boss. So in Rancor, it was reduce reduces TM repeatedly, right? Uh, before you had uh, Zeta Vader, you had your your patchwork team that I used, which was something like um, Tebow, Tebow, Qui -Gon. yeah, Tebow, Qui Gon, Rex, Tuscan Shaman or Tuscan Raider, I'm sorry, and then uh, Dengar, right? Uh, so so that was kind of a weird team that that you could run and uh, solo it. And then you go into AAT and then you look at some of the other uh, phases and you're like, okay, well, what's the gimmick here? Well, uh, in P4 and, and P2, it is gaining TM, so preventing the tank from recovering from topple for as long as possible. And then mm -hmm. in P3, it's, it's preventing the B2 from gaining turn meter either through counterattacks or through... Um, gaining that turn meter from when one of its smaller allies attacks. So I think mm -hmm. Raid and TB kind of occupy a different um, uh, challenge, if you will, because Raid is more about finding that gimmick and then and then exploiting that gimmick using specific characters in your roster, whereas TB is about using your entire roster and then finding out your best characters need to be platooned and then trying to cobble together a terrible team with what you have left. So, definitely agree with all that. The question is, do you see them adding new raids? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We haven't, um, we haven't, I mean, so they joked about this, right? So uh, we talked about a Wampa on Reddit and, <laughs> you know, would they ever introduce a Wampa? And then I forgot who responded, but someone on the dev team responded, uh, only if we can give it the disarm ability. And I mean, <laughs> that was a joke at the time, but I mean, you could have something like that. You could have a Wampa, you could have an ATSD, uh, you, you could well, have a create dragon or something. There are lots of things that they could do that could be raid bosses um, well, that they just haven't investigated yet. Aren't they doing no. this anyway? Isn't that what the ev Wicked event is? I mean, they're bringing the ATST back as what appears to be a one-man raid, which maybe that's the future of raids is making them to where it's more single-player rather than entire guild. Because, uh, I mean, we have quite a bit of guild activity, which requires timing and all that stuff. And they know that. They know that most guilds have certain start times for Rancor, AAT, and stuff. They need to add more stuff that you can do at your own leisure. And single-man raids, like what we're thinking ATST event will be, that would help, uh, you know, fix that issue. Yeah, one I thing, mean, like... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say one thing, just putting on my finance hat here just for one second... If we think the longevity of the game has another year or two or, or three in it, no matter how good the content is now, they need to continue to engage players, especially play-to-win players or, or whales or dolphins. And you're not going to do that by having Rancor, HAAT, and Territory Battles, and then the occasional new character here and there that will only last so long. So whether it's a ship um, raid or something else, they have to continue pushing the content um, if they want the game's longevity or at least revenue stream to continue. So, well, the first thing I was going to say was I don't, if they do uh 
add another raid with uh, another stream to get guild coins. I think they're totally going to have to revamp what is in that store, at least for add another node and add three characters on it or something, because as far as I go, I have everyone but Sunfock, and Sunfock is almost seven-star for me. I have all the characters in there at seven-star. So the reward beyond whatever the raid character would be would still be just gear for me. And right now, the pretty much I have... 30,000 currency, guild currency, because I don't spend it on anything, because there's nothing there that I buy right now. I'm the same as Dan. I have everybody in there and I have 34,000 guild currency. Because I can't buy two pieces of gear for 800 currency. I just keep waiting for the next tune to eventually make it in there. That's how I am. And I, I think... I think if they added another node and added three characters onto that one node, kind of like they did with clones, um, that would go a long way for people like us while not changing the old ones for the newer players that still are looking for those other characters. But if they add a new raid in there, they're going to have to add something new to buy because it's just right now it's stale for me. I don't even check on reset in there anymore. Oh, I do. But remember Gamgard, Dan went for Gamorian <laughs> Guard, and then we'll call out to Mitsubishi Mike, um, our San Diego buddy in our guild. He, 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 I remember him being the first to be all hopped up on Jawa Engineer, right? Because he ran droids in Arena. So, yeah, I think that would be awesome. Throw in one more tune, make it random like ATF, and make me search for it every single day, hoping to get five shards, but just put somebody <laughs> in there. Yeah. Introduce a rancor and just put it in the guild store. You can buy rancor shards. Sure, <laughs> I'd be down. Takes up three character slots. Perfect. So as we go on from what we were talking about, heroic battles. Have we forgotten about these? I can honestly say that over the last month, I haven't even thought about them. But we've only had one. It hasn't come back. We only fought it once. And it doesn't mean that there's only going to be ever one. They could still introduce these things, which we kind of already hinted on. So that's all I'll say about that. But uh, What's anyone a have any? Battle? What's that? What's a road battle? Uh, Ewoks versus ATST. Okay. Like the the one that just got introduced for the Wicked Shards and for the mods once you get Wicked to 7-star. That's what I'm talking about. The so those little mini... Mods. Many, many personal raids, I would say. I like those. Any uh, any other ideas? I know we love to theorycraft here, but anyone have any ideas of things that could be coming or you would want to come? Maybe something I you've mean, seen in another game? Uh, I don't know. I can't speak for other games. But I do think we need to see version two of ships in some capacity, whether it's a raid or some agree. A level like different level content, like Cantina or something like that. A t- Cantina type thing. And then I definitely feel that, um, this like kind of like, um, synergistic or faction type event where we all panic farm somebody to unlock somebody. I, I don't think we've seen the end of that. I don't mean it's always going to be like a legendary thing. But I definitely think, you know, like Phoenix for Thrawn, um, you know, uh, the Empire for R2. I definitely think from a monetization standpoint, I 
based on how we were all so engaged, I mean, we were all racing to it, whether you were spending or not, or just trying to just be really smart with your crystals and stuff like that. Um, I think that's what we're going to see going forward. I think that that's how they're going to release these tunes that everybody wants. I agree. Well, yeah, they so, want- I mean, people have been talking about uh, Death Star ship raid for a while. You know, that could be coming, could not be coming. I don't know. Um, you know, one of these things that um, has kept Eric up at night when we've talked about ships and how horrible it is and, and what an absolute nightmare it is, is that um, all of the strategy or the only meta in ships, there is only one, uh, relies on RNG. Uh, just the chances of you proccing a target lock is RNG unless you have a very select uh, set of ships and of those select set of ships only one of them is really useful because there's only one admiral that's useful and that's Tarkin so um, I would like to see and I would guess that they're looking at ships uh, from a ver- uh, the standpoint of adding variety so you look at arena and it's what like 80 90 percent CLS lead, but you do get that random GK lead, and sometimes you get some other token lead, like maybe a Thrawn who hasn't converted or something. Um, so you get that in Arena, but you never see that in Ship Arena. Like 100% of my top 50 is Tarkin, and of that, mm-hmm. 80% is murder ties. So it's the three ties uh, in the lineup, bigs and fives. That's all the 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 initial lineup so there's very little variety it's all rng it's pretty frustrating so i think if they're not looking into it which i don't believe is the case uh they should be looking into adding some sort of variety to ships because they have this vast well not too vast but they they have a lot of variety in terms of there's potential stealth synergy there's potential exposed synergy there's potential healing synergy but they haven't really explored any of that it's just all target locks mm-hmm. well i mean we don't, mace. we don't have the foggiest idea of what they're working on or anything of the sort so tell us but I find it hard to believe that there's not something going on. We've seen stuff about ship energy. There have been some hints in game through bugs or whatever that has detailed things that are interesting to say the least related to ships. And I think there are more ships that are viable than you're saying. I, I mean, there's quite a bit of Mace and Akbar in mind that's pretty effective. Uh, you know, the Tarkin team that you were talking about is what I run, and it has not been near as good lately. And I could, I mean, I could definitely see something changing with ships if they would just add, you know, some sort of cantina type battles where you can, you know, farm a couple nodes per day or something along those lines. But. Well, yeah. I think, I, I mean, look, I, I agree with uh, Gig. I, I do think that from the perspective of ships, I think each shard is kind of unique. The majority of my shard is mace. Um, we have some whales in there that have some different ships. The um, stands U-Wing. Um, Reaper. Reaper. That's the big one. But like with Mace, it's like, oh, wait, the guy's running fives and his first backup is Scimitar and Scimitar is going to add retribution to fives. I mean, um, and then it really like Giggs has been helping me a lot lately. I, I was AA. I, I changed Tarkin just because I 
hate mace. Um, but like, it really does come down to, oh, do I have one more gear piece than this guy that I'm facing? So my tie, um, my you know tie fighter goes first. It, it definitely is RNG. It's kind of like if we were all running the exact same arena team and we all had Raid Han. Is your Raid Han going to go first or is my Raid Han going to go first? Because I can generally tell in ships in the first three or four moves whether I'm going to win or lose, even though the battle can take six minutes. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. There's so much. though. I think the one thing, and Giggles hinted at it, especially even with the best meta teams, but the thing that kills me about ships is just how, like, I don't hate RNG. RNG makes the game what it is, whatever. But in ships, it's, there's just, a 170 fleet power team will beat a 320 on RNG, and it kills me. I, I just hate ship battles for that reason. That's just what kills me. Um, the, the one thing, so we've talked about this when we talked about what territory battles might be, but if I were to talk about the thing that I want to see introduced the most is something that is in a lot of RPG games, uh, a lot of, like you've seen it in, uh, what is that game? Mass Effect, the newest Mass Effect, but the, the, just the ability to have an area where you have missions where you send your characters out for a certain amount of time with a certain amount of percentage well they'll win it or they won't with a reward after they win it and being able to send those guys out bring them back check in two hours if it's a harder one or eight hours if it's the hardest and you're going for like a a piece of raid gear or something something where you can platoon your own squad for your own gain on missions for a time limit and gain rewards from it i Really wish they would put that in game. I find that it's not the most engaging and exciting content, but it is an added thing, and I enjoy it in most of the games they have it in. So, yeah, I think that'd be cool. But, um, let's see. Someone want to explain this one to me? Eggs. <laughs> Uh, I just, I'm a fan of that character. What can I say? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who it is. Who is Sakala? That, that's Pow. Oh, okay. Oh, is that his, the thing he screams? Yeah, yeah. Um, so now I finally found what you... I've been searching <laughs> this whole document for what you were talking about with Pow this whole time. <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right, well, let's go into... Uh, let's talk with the new characters, shall we? Let's do it. All right, let's go... Right here, we got our new character. So, yeah, too wow. much beer. Wow, almost an hour and 40 <laughs> minutes in, and we're finally talking about the new characters. Well done. I know, I know. We'll, we'll shoot through them fast. I'll read off what they got, and uh, I'll just ask for your guys' opinions at the end. So, let's talk with, or let's start with veteran smuggler Han Solo. Big ears. What's up? Cheers, big ears. He's oh, God. Ears. He's got big ears. Those are giant ears, let's be honest. It's kind of weird, but they did get it right with the gray hair, and he does kind of look like him beyond the ears, so I like that. But it says, unlocks at question mark, question mark, star. Well, we've all done the marquee event. He unlocks at two stars, and you get enough to three star him. Available from marquee event. 
He is a scoundrel attacker. Now, basic attack called True Shot. Deal physical damage to target enemy with a 50% chance to attack again. This chance is doubled if the target is debuffed. Inflict on inflict stagger for two turns when he attacks again. So first off, if the target's debuffed, he's shooting twice. Even if he's not, he has a 50% chance to be shooting twice. And then not to mention he's the first character with stagger on basic. Cool. If he attacks a second time, he puts the stagger on. So I like stagger. I think that's a good thing to have on your basic. So if he, he does if you don't have a buff, he has a 50% chance to attack again, and that 50% chance includes possible stagger. Yes. Yep. And if they debuffed that 100% chance, and you're going to hit the stagger. So they'll have that debuff and the stagger after that. Special ability, can I try that? And the the uh, animation on this is awesome to me. It's uh, He pulls out Chewbacca's bowcaster like he, he borrows it from him in uh, The Force Awakens, and it's an AoE attack. Deal physical damage to all enemies. Stun the primary target for one turn with an 80% chance 80% to inflict ability block on all enemies for one turn. So not only does it do area of effect damage and provide a in ability block, much like um, Boba Fett, but it will also stun the main character, which is an added extra bonus. Yep. Which I, I, I can take a... I'll take a stun any time of the week. I mean, that's extremely similar to Boba. I mean, percentage and everything. The only difference is Boba's AoE causes ability block for two turns on target, and this instead stuns them for one turn. So, I do wish the animation shot the bowcaster bolt a little more center. I feel like it goes to the right, and so when there's only tunes alive on the left-hand side, it feels like he's way off the mark. Well, that and he shoots it at the feet of the person he's shooting at. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what can you do? It's a heavy bowcaster. It is. He's not used to it, so... He's old and frail. Can't help it. (laughs) Exactly. Unique ability, partner in crime. This is... I'm not going to mention this one twice, because... Uh, Chewbacca also has it so just uh, vice versa this and replace the names partner in crime Han has 25% crit chance and 50% health steal health steal awesome in territory battles just saying when veteran smuggler Chewbacca takes damage Han gains 20% crit damage stacking until he scores a critical hit when veteran smuggler Chewbacca is defeated Han gains 100% turn meter his cooldowns are reset and he takes an additional turn after his next turn. So basically, when his buddy's killed, he gets 100% turn meter, can use any ability he wants, and then gets to go again and use whatever ability he has left over. So he has two abilities, so you can use both of them straight in a row. Pretty awesome. Unique ability, Swindle. Whenever an enemy gains a buff, Han gains 25% counter stacking. So when those enemies are buffing, he's stacking his counter chance until the end of his next turn. Whenever Han gains a debuff, he gains 50% defense stacking until the end of his next turn. Whenever Han gains any status effect, he gains 50% armor penetration stacking until the end of the next turn. Uh, I don't know how many times I said stacking, but we had it for critical damage, counter chance, defense, and armor penetration on different effects. And that's pretty ridiculous. Um, 
the one thing we talked about with the marquee events for these two characters last week, it was kind of weird not being able to use them together because that seems like the best way to use these guys. But it is pretty cool to me that uh, even on their own from the marquee event, I could tell that either one of them is going to be is going to be interesting. Yep. I think. So uh, one second before we continue, I just want to say thanks for coming on, Giggles. I know you have other stuff you got to do. So we appreciate you hanging out with us for a while. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. And uh, maybe I'll catch you in one of these later podcasts. Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Later. So I think he's awesome on his own. I haven't played with him with Chewbacca. Um, I'm not quite sure. Well, see, okay. I've heard people talk about they don't think that these two would be arena viable. As far as damage goes on their own, they're good. Put them together. I can see that damage being even better, especially when they're being killed. I don't see where that idea comes from. Well, what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, uh, just from reading Han, I could see him being viable to some extent i mean he instantly gains counter chance against most teams due to r2's buff but the problem is that you know you can't counter stealth characters uh there are quite a few teams that do buff so i mean i could see him getting a decent counter chance pretty quickly which would be quite useful but other than that i mean his his basic is nice but his basic he's gonna counter any any uh, Beirut team like crazy. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Because those guys gain a hot all the time, and that's just constant counter chance for him. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. He's He seems interesting, but not amazing. Not for Arena, at least. How about you, Eric? I actually have three thoughts. Um, I think that they've, if they had released these characters six months ago without like the character fatigue that I think a lot of people are feeling, I think they would have, I think a lot of people would have spent crystals and money to gear them up. I Mm. think, I think, um, together they seem really good. I like their animations. I like the way the tunes look. I will probably farm them when they become farmable. I don't think that they're arena worthy in the current meta, but I do think they could be really good in territory battles. Um, That's where it seems like they'll shine. They seem great for territory battles. And then the last thing that, although I'm going to preface it by saying I'm happy they did this, I think that if they had given them the rebel tag, I think that we'd be having a much different conversation now. Rebel or resistance? Yeah. Say, because there weren't rebels in I, uh, no, I, Force I know, Awakens. I know. I just mean you, in, can well, the argument, you can make the argument that... They were veterans in the previous... Yeah. yeah. I got yeah. you, man. Um, I, I think because I think with those synergies, then there would be some different team comps that you could come up with where they may be a lot better. Really, any synergy. Yeah. I mean, they have scoundrels, so like maybe under a Lando lead, 
uh, or something along those lines that could get kind of interesting. But yeah, for the most part, there's just not enough synergy opportunity there to really make them viable in arena, especially. And if you if you're gonna get people to spend fast in the beginning, dolphin wise, not whale wise, but dolphin wise, and you need to make them look like they're gonna give you an edge up somewhere significantly. So yeah, somewhere where it matters. Well, I think a lot of newer players, these two characters will be really interesting for territory battles. Um, like most of our guild has pretty deep rosters due to how long we've been playing. But newer players aren't going to have those deep rosters. And these two characters, they could be super kick-ass in territory battles. How about, let me let me say this. Um, I've spent a lot of money on the game. Uh, more, not so much anymore, but more in the beginning. Um, I've never maxed out a character for 200 bucks or 400 bucks or 1200 bucks. I spent my money on gear. Um but when these guys make it to the shard shop, I will spend shard shop currency on them. If if that is any indication of the value that I see in them. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. I know how you like to uh, save. So if you're spending, there's something to it. Um, Chewbacca. Let's go over him real fast. Uh, unlocks the two stars available. Or we get him for three stars from the marquee event. Yep. Available from, from the marquee event. Abilities, basic attack, explosive bolts, deal physical damage to target enemy with an 80% chance to daze them for two turns. So already something, again, I love because I love daze on basic. And so you got him with his daze on basic. You got stagger on a second attack from Han. So two very awesome things, especially with their counter chance if they're throwing those on people. Hey, hey, Dan, just one second. Just for the maybe some newer players that are um, fans or listeners of the podcast, days, the way the days mechanic works is you land days on the character, and then the next time that they get hit, their turn meter goes to zero, right? That's days. That's stagger. That's stagger. Okay. Yes. Days is uh, no counters, no turn yes, meter gain, right. okay. and yep. there's one more other thing. I should be embarrassed about that since I ran mall and arena for so long. Should be. <laughs> yep. No doubt about it. It's all right. It's all right. I we won't let you hear the end of it. I got to put my helmet back on. <laughs> <laughs> Special ability, furious blow. Deal physical damage to target enemy, dispel all buffs on them, and stun them for one turn. Inflict speed down on all enemies for two turns. So I can't say this one is awesome. <laughs> It was awesome in the marquee. That first hit where he swings his arm on someone hits for huge damage. On top of that, he stuns them, and everyone gets speed down, which speed down is a big thing. And so I think this ability is awesome. It's in tune with the character, right? Because mm-hmm. when he freaks out, everybody's scared of Wookiees. And then <laughs> I know I know Gig had to drop off, but, I mean, we can attest, right? I mean... He talked about, when we first saw that, that first day of the Marquee event, he, he talked about it all day. He loved it. The animation and mm-hmm. everything. I mean, he was all gung-ho. The animations on both cool. of these characters are fantastic. The animations have been really on point lately. Oh, yeah, for sure. The partner in crime unique ability is the one that I said was the same as Hans. So he gets all those extra things. But he has a different unique ability 
which is let the Wookiee win. At the start of each turn, Chewbacca gains 12% offense stacking until he uses two abilities. So he gains offense at the beginning of the, the battle, 12% stacking until he uses two abilities. So his first turn is going to get a bunch of uh, offense on that first shot. Probably going to use that uh, partner in crime ability. But the thing about him that makes this interesting is the fact that his base speed, I think, is 96 really low yeah so he's gonna have a lot of time for that offense to stack yep so. you he's one of those characters like they've been saying that you actually want to be slower because he gets that much better if he can survive until then i mean he's going to hit like a freaking truck which is a really good point um i know everybody kind of mods their characters for arena and and speed is king um but i think Dan, uh, Michael, we've been talking about this intermittently for the past couple of weeks. I got to a point in arena where there are just some, some people that I fight against for like, I'm never going to, my 279 speed R2 is, can't even compete. I mean, that my, my former nemesis and now kind of arena cohort Logan, um, who's actually in Europe, um, his entire team is 280-plus speed now. Um, but there are some teams now that my slower team actually can beat because his team's going so fast that he's losing R2's uh, stealth. Uh, his uh, Thrawn or CLS is going uh, way before mine, letting me fracture his CLS um, instead of his general Kenobi, because they're just that much faster than me. Thrawn was kind yeah. of the first character where they were really starting to try to make characters where there was an advantage for them to be slow. And of course, you know, people ended up finding a way to make Thrawn great being fast, but I mean, the longer you can keep that debuff on them, the better. So not like he mm-hmm. doesn't have his advantages of being slower. Yeah, and, and especially in phase three of HAAT, if you can if you can make Thrawn his base speed, the difference is like a million in damage easy. Now obviously I run him in raids, so I don't remod him for HAAT, but all of the like McMull's video, all of the videos um, showing how good Thrawn could be in, in phase three they very adamantly talk about how his uh, he shouldn't have any speed secondaries. Yeah. I I, I modded uh, Stormtrooper Han when I used him in Aria for slow, only to get all that extra turn meter all the time before there were so many dispellers. And I would probably do the same, another slow character like him to keep that effect going as long as I could. That's yeah. just the way I like to do things. But, uh, yeah, I think overall thoughts, I don't want to spend too long on them. We've been going pretty long here, but I think they're interesting. Uh, we'll see once they're farmable, if people decide to use them in arena, we said the same thing about Phoenix. And in that case, they had never made it in there. So maybe they never will, but I would definitely think that they will make decent, uh, throw-ins for territory battles for sure. So we'll see how that goes from there. So, Eric, you had the pleasure of helping to come up with some of these trivia 
questions this week. So do you have that file open? I don't. I don't have the file. Oh, you don't have it? Um, well, are you going to have will, him uh, be the uh, moderator? I was. I can just cheer. Okay. Well, what's your... E- I was <laughs> you find it? I was about to ask I was about to ask you what your email was. Just right. say it over the live stream, please. <laughs> I'm here, hold on. Just send it to me. Um we'll let this out of the way from the top before we do the trivia. That way we can just okay. sign off again. But uh for everyone listening, our Twitter is the sh- it's at shatteredorder.com. Okay. Wink, why don't you do this while I set this up? I can't talk. Twitter, at Shattered Order. I don't remember if it's that. Yeah, it's just at Shattered Order. Patreon.com slash Shattered Order. We try to use Shattered Order everywhere. We don't always do it. But make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever your podcatcher is, YouTube. Uh, Check us out on Patreon. As we talked about at the top of the show, we're going to be doing the audio questions for our Patreon members next week. So make sure you submit those, and that way we can kind of talk about those. That should be a lot of fun. And uh, I think that is pretty much all that good stuff. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, check your drive there, Eric, and then you should have it. I've got something to play. I hope this works. We will see. All right. Hit it. Was that what you were expecting? Well, there's uh, part of it missing. And then it leads into this. I love it. This is my favorite part. <laughs> Did you get that, Eric? Yeah, I have it open. All right. Well, then I'm ready to do this. Well, I think oh, I'm ready. I got this spinning really really deck here. Hold on. Okay. All right. Um, you guys are going to keep point, keep score, and I'm just going to read the questions, and then I'll tell you how many. I'll give you the score, but you're going to annotate the score, right, Dan? Yep. Yes. I got you. Okay. And who's, who's going? A little bit ahead, of housekeeping, Michael. real quick. As we all know, I crushed Dan last week in trivia. Um, so we're kind of talking, trying to figure out some ideas for punishments. If you got ideas, send them my way. I've got a couple. That I, I may put up a poll in our Discord channel and see what people think. Um, what they'll I, go with the most sadistic one, let's be honest. Okay, here's what I want to <laughs> do. I think this will be fun. I want to either write you a song about boomboxes or just Star Wars in general. I would be more than happy to play the guitar for it, but you have to sing it. I have a beautiful voice. That's all I'm saying. All right. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Why don't you hit us with that first question, MC? Season three, episode one. Yes. Who's going to answer first? 
Or you guys are gonna, uh, you guys are gonna collate separately. Okay. Yep. All right. So enumerate enumerate the regular enemies who we can face during territory battles. Elites don't count as different enemy, and the special mission tunes like Veers also don't count. So I'm gonna I'm gonna help. If that wasn't totally clear, but what different elite? Uh, what different uh, enemies are we facing in the combat missions of territory battles? Gotcha. I know what you're saying, and I already have one written down. Uh, so, repeat the question one more time. Yep. So, um, how many different regular enemies do we face in a combat mission in territory battles? Just do not count special enemies like leaders. Okay. Um, Are we counting the elite versions of these characters as a different one or the same one? Um, I would say that there may be more than one instance of a specific character. I have my answer then. Um, hmm. Just waiting on Wink. Yeah, I'll tell you, this is the first time I've actually done this without asking the question myself. So it requires a lot more listening and thought than uh, I remember. Let me ask you guys this. Have you done all of your combat missions for today? Yes. I did. Knocked them out this morning, surprisingly. Mm. Okay. All right. I've got my answers. Uh, The ones that I thought I had two versions, I just put in quotes for Elite. All right. Damn how come your answer is eight, but I only see one, two, three, four? Well, there's four there, but they each have an elite version. Yeah, so... so. Did, uh, Michael, can you hold your sign up again? Yeah, mine would actually have six total with the way I did it. <sighs> okay, so let me ask you this, Dan. As a guest on the Shattered Earth podcast... How do I rate this when numerically Dan is right, but Michael actually has more of the correct tunes on his board? Ooh. <laughs> well, then you just say the answer and then we'll okay. see where we go. Okay. From there. The answer is Snowtrooper, Snowtrooper Ops, Snowtrooper Commander, Probe Droid, Stormtrooper, Stormtrooper Commander, TIE Fighter Pilot, and ATST Driver. So the number is eight. I see what your problem is. (laughs) So I have four of the eight written. Yes. Okay, I see. Apparently, Dan has a probe droid commander. Not commander, elite. (laughs) Imperial Imperial probe droid elite. Um, And I don't know why I think the elite goes on any character that gets the special buff. That's why I think elite. So there's eight answers, four points total, because each one is worth half a point. Okay. So then, so I got four then. Well, I got two then. I got four right at a half a point. That's four. Yeah. 
Uh, how many did Eric, Pete get? Right? Can you read my board? Can you just tell me how many points I get? <laughs> so you got two. That's one. One and a half. Two. Technically, I'm sorry, Dan, but Wink has two and a half because he has the ATST driver, which you don't have. Yes. He, he does Wait, have, the, he does have Imperial Port Probe Droid with Elite on the side, and that doesn't count. But I have not. But I said struck- each of these had an Elite, so shouldn't I get the half points for those? He, he did say each of it? those do have an Elite. That is true. So then one, two, three, four, five, six seven so six three three and a half and what did i say you had mike so dan is three and a half two and a half i think two and a half okay all right now that that question's out of the way (laughs) these these next ones are uh this next one um i i i actually like the kind of where we're going with these next ones Hopefully our listeners find this as enjoyable, but in our beloved Shattered Order, our guild, who was the first to solo the Rancor? Who was the first to get Han Solo to 7-star? And who was the first to get to level 85? Each one is a different answer. You get one point for each. So we can do... I'll go over them again. Who was the first person in our guild to solo the Rancor? Holy what? smokes! Someone yeah, remembers this? No, we had to. We had to put our minds together to make this one up. Get this one to, <laughs> to confirm. I was wrong actually on this one. Well, that's interesting. I'm gonna go. I don't even freaking know. You're talking about the Rancor first? Yep. The who was the first person to solo the Rancor? All right. Uh, uh, first to solo the Rancor. First to unlock. Uh, no, to get Han Solo so, the seven star. Okay, yes, and then first to level eighty-five, and they're all different answers. They they're three different people. Oh, all right. I, I have three different answers. So this will be interesting to see if I know. Everyone playing at home is like, huh? I don't know this one. So Dan, I want you to know that. I said the exact same things as you, and I was wrong on all three. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, I'm not changing it. We'll see if uh, Wink gets any points. I figure Giggles Damn. has to be one of those, so I put Giggles on there twice. Okay. Damn. Okay. <sighs> I So, first person to solo the heroic rancor was Giggles. And yes. I thought it was Chris. I thought it was Chris, too. Because remember Ewok Elder and Tebow and um, who else was he running? Rex. Anyways, I thought it was Rex. Um, first person to get Han Solo to seven star was actually Cody. It was Duca. Wow. Oh, wow. I know, okay. right? And then the that first makes person sense, hit though. the first, per, first person hit level 85. Again, I would have picked Optimus. Um, mm-hmm. uh, was it Hands of God? No, it was Deadshot. It was Adam. Damn it, I almost put him. (laughs) Shit. Okay, I was about to write him, and then you said something about uh, having to do some research on it. I'm like, he does the question, so it wouldn't be him. So I changed my freaking answer. Awesome. Uh, So were those one a piece? Yeah, they're worth one a piece, yeah. All right, right, we're back to Tide. All right. 
Question three, what do you got? Okay, who has the most equivalent health in the game? Protection plus health combined. You know, I just want you guys to know that I actually feel really bad for you in the sense that there is a negative consequence to not winning. But as each subsequent week goes by, we have to come up with more and more random niche (laughs) questions because you guys have gone over all of them. Uh, So is this Uh, counting gear 12? Um, I don't know. Oh my uh, god! I would, I would, oh, no, I would assume no, just G eleven because it had to be based off the stats that we had access to. Okay. Well then, that changes things. Yeah. So I'll read it again. Who has the most equivalent health in the game? Meaning health and projection combined, where their health and their protection are the closest together. So it doesn't mean that they have... Oh, okay, I got you. It doesn't mean they have the the most in total. It just means it is close split between the two. Yeah. I'll give you guys a little bit of a hint. We didn't... Somebody did mention this tune in passing during this podcast. There's somebody I I remember looking at not too long ago that had... That was, you know, pretty close. Um, wow, this is brutal. You guys, I can give you more hints, Dan. You can you can rescind your your answer, and I can give you a couple more hints that won't totally give it away, but may make it a little easier. Well, before I rescind, does that mean my answer's wrong? <laughs> Your answer is wrong. <laughs> oh, okay, well, uh, then I will uh, erase that. Give us one more hint. I'll give you two little ones. Capital okay. Games, ha- Capital Games, uh, Games, and EA have a preference for light side or dark side tunes, at least according to people on the forum. So whatever, whichever fact or whichever side you feel like they like more, it's going to be on that side. And then the second thing is. This tune was only released uh, within the past year, year and a half. It is not, it is not one of the, like, it's not first gen tune. So this doesn't even have to be a tank then. I would consider this person a tank, to be honest. Okay. Um... Man, this is rough. Uh, Damn it! You said I something that changed my answer I can, again. Huh. I can keep giving hints. I mean, no, I have a couple. Hints. I think that's that's probably good. We're at um, where we're at, and we'll go from there. Um. Um. This is what I'm going with. All right. Oh snap! All right, got it. Hey Dan, is I'm, your air? I'm sure ahead, this Mike. is wrong, but I'm going to so, go with... Dan, is your air conditioning running? It is not. Because if it was running, you would probably be paying your um, utility bill to this person at the end of the month. <laughs> it's too late. You can't wait that out. <laughs> Got <Sure>. it. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote Paplu, but now I know it's a Scare for Rebel Pathfinder. Okay, so no points for anybody. <laughs> um, okay. That didn't. Um, 
Scarecrow Pathfinder. Huh. Yeah. Oh, so I'm sorry, just for our audio listeners. So he had combined health and protection is 77,036 total. And he has 35,000 health, uh, health and 41.8 thousand um, protection. So in terms of it's the closest, it's not match one for one, but 35K to 41.8K. It's the closest between the two um, the, in terms of uh, equality. It's crazy. It's nuts. I, feel like that, I thought there was someone that was closer. Maybe. Um, okay. Which of the, the following four is true? Other than the emperor, there is no one else whose leader ability has a negative two. Egg mayhem can potentially inflict inflict five negative status effects. Three, death troopers terminate inflicts, inflicts death mark on the target if the target suffers a negative status effect. Under Qui-Gon Jinn Zeta leadership ability, Jedi allies gain offense equal to their speed. There's only one an- one true answer. Could you repeat that one more time? Yep. Which of the following four is true? Other than the Emperor, there is no one else whose leader ability has a negative effect on the enemy's team. HK-47's Meatbag Mayhem can potentially inflict five negative status effects. Death Troopers Terminate inflicts, inflicts death mark on the target if the target suffers a negative status effect. And four, under Qui-Gon's Zeta leadership ability, Jedi allies gain offense equal to their speed. I have an answer. I don't know if it's right, but it seems the most... Oh, wait. What was the... That's if it was wrong. What was the second one? HK-47's Meatbag Mayhem can potentially inflict inflict five negative status effects. All right. I have my answer. Me too. I put Uh, two for the the HK. I put one. Oh, the answer is two. What? No, you did not say (laughs) unique status effects. You said... uh, I said... Who who else does... Effects. Who who else so, does hold negative? Hold on. HK-47's Meatbag Ma'am can potentially inflict, inflict five negative status effects as true. General Grievous Leader is minus 20 critical chance and critical God damage damn to the it. enemy. Fuck. Death Trooper death inflicts, inflicts death mark if there are defeated enemies and Jedi allies gain offense equal to three times their speed. Yeah, I knew it wasn't I, the last two. I, fuck. I will tell you guys that um, I think if you saw them, saw these questions, it may be a little easier, but obviously based on the parameters of having a live stream podcast, it's a little harder to do that, but... I'll be that honest, and, uh, I've been trying to get Dan to show the questions on the live stream since we started doing this, and we have yet to get that. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> We've been trying to get uh, soundboard for a while, too. I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, have, we have one more question. Trivia question number five. Each answer is worth half a point. You can still come back from this, Michael. <laughs> All right. I'm going to... This is, you guys, so the question is, who are the characters 
who have exactly two variations in the game. So two variant characters uh, or two variant tunes for okay. one particular character in a movie. Does Han count as two? Um, <laughs> There's two have, of one and two of another? <laughs> we have Kidding. exactly two. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Um, oh, man. This is a good one. Um, uh, yeah, I like this question. Um... Um, man, I don't know if I'm going to get any. It's It's just so hard. I get to see Dan's answers, but I don't get to see Michael's answers while he's writing them. Well, that's the problem with my answers. Wink can look at them at any time. I I don't, I don't have the deal up, so. Oh, okay. I I wouldn't want to write down wrong answers anyway. I'm not accusing you of cheating. I'm just saying you could. Um... Sound like you were accusing me. Just saying. Question, how oh. many do you have so far? Three. Alright, well I have five, so I feel pretty good. Um I'm still thinking oh. though. Trito and Bleedo, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Should. Totally. Uh, I think oh uh Man, I almost missed that one. That would have been bad. Wow. I, don't, I can't think of anymore. I think that's, okay. that's where I'm going to stop. Eric, how many are there? There are seven. So I'm missing one. Holy Damn. smokes, really? Uh, okay. I'm about to be in some serious trouble, I got a feeling. Let's oh. see if I can get that last one. Um... Man, that's tough. Um, Ah. Oh, I got it. I got the last one. (laughs) I got them all. All right, give me a second. I'm still thinking a little bit. Um, I'm going to count to ten. I've got five now. Two. Uh. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight, nine, ten. Okay, you're up. Damn, <laughs> I, I cannot think of anything else. All right, my answers are Kenobi, Ahsoka, Chewbacca, Palpatine, and Yoda. Oh, shit, that means there's eight then. Wait. I didn't, I didn't get Ahsoka. Michael, you got three. What? And Dan, you got four. Whoa. whoa, whoa. Let, let me read. Hold on. Let me read them. Okay. The answers are Luke Skywalker. Oh, Obi-Wan, no shit. <laughs> Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. Okay. Leia. Uh huh. Huh. Ashoka, Ahsoka Tano. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. And Anakin Skywalker. I got that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got five. Yeah. Well, what about Sid Pelp? I don't know. <laughs> and Yoda. 
Yeah, Palp and Yoda, definitely. I'm just going to encircle those two, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hold on. Yeah, I don't know. How do you guys normally, normally handle questions that you feel should be reviewed by the Jeopardy? Well, I feel pretty damn certain that all five of mine only have two, <laughs> so uh, I want my points. <laughs> how many did you have? Five? Yes. And I had seven, so that's one more point for me than you. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that as all those counted, and then we'll take it to the uh, the council after the podcast. All right. But that would mean we each got one, two, that three. That puts me at six. Four. I got three and a half. And puts You're you at, at six. Six to eight. Damn, how did I forget Luke, Leia, and Anakin? I see how I forgot Anakin. I don't for I don't get how I forgot Luke. <laughs> I was literally like going through my arena team thinking, are there any of those? Nope, none of no. those. Stupid. Actually, I think that I'm using Luke most, and Leia actually. Most people would miss Luke because it's the forest through the trees kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like he's Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! Well, that was that was the last question, right? Yep, that was the last question. All right, All right so well, let's let's review real quick. What were the answers that the council had? Um, Luke Skywalker, Obi Wan Kenobi, Leia, Ahsoka Tanu, Chewbacca, and Anakin Skywalker. And then Dan and I both believe that Palps and Yoda should be on that list. Correct. Yep. And was there any more, Dan? Nope. Nope. I didn't have any more on my board. So. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we will. We'll take this as a cancel. Yeah. Too much beer. We'll take that to the council this week and we'll see what happens. But unofficially right now, it is good night, punk eight, wink six. So um, what's the, what's the, what's the uh, <laughs> running total? This is the first week of the new season, so okay. it's that one is to the, one. That is the run of t- running this, total, and this, overall, I won one. He's season. won one. Yes, it will. Well, we're at two hours and twenty minutes now, so I'm just going to throw us out of here real quick. My Thanks God. for listening. We shot everything else we could at you before we started trivia, so I will just say, thanks, Giggles, for coming. I know you can't respond. Thank you, Eric, for coming. Thank you for having me. It was great. For sure. All right, man. And uh, Wink, I will see you next week. All righty. Later. Later, guys. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the force be with you.